back in the building once again. It's your man CJ with Culturalist Theory. And today we're slicing through the solo chambers of 90s Wu-Tang releases. As usual, we're not including any EPs, mixtapes, nor affiliates, only solo LPs from the original nine members. Sorry, Capadonna. Remember to like, follow, and subscribe if you aren't already. And don't be afraid to tap that super thanks button to keep our chambers open. We know y'all been waiting a long time for this one and we've got a lot to cover, so let's get to it. Number 13, You God, Golden Arms Redemption. Stevie Wonder had inner vision showing him that this project will be at the bottom of this list. Releasing only two weeks after Inspector Deck's debut solo, Golden Arms Redemption arrived with next to no fanfare and piss poor promotion. RZA only produced two songs and the intro, which finds You God calling out cornball ass MCs while rhyming in the style of Gloria Gaynor's I Will Survive. Ah, the irony. Not to mention that Method Man borrowed from that exact same song with equally regrettable results, which we'll revisit when the time comes. While Golden Arms jilted offbeat flows can fit in good around other members of the crew, a full album of it on its own is asking far too much for even the fiercest Wu disciples to digest. And to be clear, the same can be said for the next artist on this list too. About the best looks here are found on Soul Dazzle and the High Energy Rumble featuring Deck, Meth, and Leatherface, and it's because of the music more so than the rhymes. Raekwon's voice is preeminent on Shellshock, and a decent story is told on the closeout track Night the City Cried, but unfortunately the vast majority of what's left is pretty dreadful. The overall production is uninspired, and you guys' rhymes lack polish and cohesiveness. Even the album cover is devoid of any grain of excitement. I mean, just look at this. Don't waste your time on this one, because as in the words from the genius, Golden Arms Redemption is... Unbalanced like elephants and ants on seesaws. Number 12, RZA as Bobby Digital. If you're like many who may have skipped over this one when it dropped a week after Method Man's Takao 2000, take our word for it. You made a wise decision. The defense put up as to why it doesn't sound like any of his previous work is that this is a concept album and Bobby Digital is Robert Diggs' alter ego. Appearances by the Wu brethren are sparse, which is quite surprising considering RZA isn't known for being one of the sharpest on the mic. The Takalian Stallion pops up on the somewhat serviceable NYC Everything. Old Dirty Bastard hollers across the throwaway Kiss of a Black Widow, which was produced by Inspector Deck, who, by the way, is nowhere to be heard vocally on this album. However, Bobby does reference him and his forthcoming Uncontrolled Substance cassette tape out of nowhere on My Lovin' Is Digi, as well as Screams for Ice Cream. Well, maybe he was reminiscing on the Ice Cream track from a few years prior. Yeah. Moving right along, Ghostface is on the posse cut Holocaust Silkworm, and Bobby did it Spanish Fly, another hard pass, whereas Master Killer, the only Klansman who didn't release a solo project in the 90s, gets to shine on Mantis. Miss Roxy gets four features throughout, yet they're all wasted on mundane, coochie-related rhymes. Domestic Violence is the late 90s rendition of Kendrick Lamar's We Cry Together, which is to say you need not listen twice. Bet you never thought you'd hear those two names being compared in the same sentence, now did you? While Bobby Digital did hit number 16 on the Billboard 200 and number 3 on the hip-hop and R&B charts, best believe it was off name recognition alone, because this album is an unmitigated glitch up in the matrix. Number 11, Raekwon, Immobilarity. The anticipation was high and the wait was long, but after four years and some change, the chef Raekwon had finally cooked up his second batch of solo material. Serving as the final release in the 90s from official clan members, Immobilarity was supposed to be the big closeout from the Wu leading into Y2K. But damn, did this one fail miserably. When you walked into your local retailer to cop the album and looked at the back cover, that was your first hint that something may have been off. You spotted zero Wu-Tang logos, nothing that said featuring Ghostface Killer, nor a single reference to the RZA. Yes, that's right, one of the highest regarded Wu-Tang members returns sans the two key figures who helped shape his epic debut project. While Lou Diamond's energy is high, with a small dose of him 
engrossing stories sprinkled in between, none of the early Wu-Tang unity or solid production that carried Cuban links into classic territory is present on immobilarity. All you're getting here is Johnny Blaze and MK representing on Fuck Them and The Table respectively, both mediocre at best. The low profile singles live from New York and 100 Rounds pale in comparison to Criminology and Glaciers of Ice. The Big Bub featured All That I Got Is You Part 2 is an outright disgrace to the original and should have never seen the light of day at all. Pete Rock does some damage control by producing sneakers and the cheat code is activated on Heart to Heart, lazily sampling the highly popular Mr. Magic by Grover Washington Jr. to get things popping. Immobilarity is a perfect point of reference for the term sophomore slump and caused irreparable damage to Diamond's ability to move units as this was his last album to even sell half a million copies. Number 10, Old Dirty Bastard, nigga please. Asan, Unique, and his antics were all well publicized at this point of his career, so what could you possibly expect on the follow-up from the man who features a dude named Shorty Shit Stain on both albums? Just let that sink in for a moment. Shorty Shit Stain. They don't get no better than that, fam. Or disgusting, for that matter. Well, Nigga Please is full of irreverent material to cause burst-out loud laughter due to its sheer ridiculousness. Forget whatever Old Dirty and Chris Rock say on the opening track Recognize the schizophrenic chants of the chorus of I Can't Wait towards the end will have you falling out in your damn chair. And that ain't even half of the craziness on here. He slaughters Rick James cold-blooded in the only way this dirty bastard could, repeatedly screams out on the RZA track, I won't pee, that he has no intentions of paying for it, and that his mama cannot protect y'all, all while claiming to have control over Michael Jackson's thriller on Rolling With You. Did you understand that? Neither did we. Clearly this wasn't meant to be listened to on any kind of regular basis because it would drive you to insanity if you did. As for the woo coming through, not even the ubiquitous master killer could be found here, only ad-libs from Cousin Bobby and some production on the title track and three others. Irv Gotti contributes a trio of songs, as do the Neptunes, including the first iteration of the Neptunes on the track, Khalees on the Hook formula by way of Got Your Money, a trend popularized throughout the early 2000s. It's these inner workings coupled with Old Dirty's disposition that keep nigga pleased from being square at the bottom of this list. Number nine, The Genius, words from The Genius. The Genius stands out as the only man in the clan having released a full-length solo LP predating into the 36 chambers, covering the top, middle, and bottom of the decade. As such, the sound of words from the genius is purely reflective of its initial early 91 release. Production was split between Patrick Harvey, responsible for Shaquille O'Neal's Biological Didn't Bother, and Easy Moby, who's produced for Tupac, Biggie Smalls, and many more. The single, Come Do Me, did nothing to boost the status of the unknown lyricist at the time. When the album was reissued three years later, Past the Bone, featuring the RZA, or Prince Rakim, as he was then known, took its place on the track listing and is what's present on streaming services as well. Obviously, the cold chilling label was too afraid to put out a record about smoking weed before it became so commonplace. Additional tracks where the genius raps about the ladies, such as What Are Silly Girls Made Of, Super Freaks, and Stay Out of the Bars are all straight up whack. And don't just take our word for the latter, as it's even found itself on a worst lyrics of all time list that we weren't even looking for, but found it anyway. We'll link that in the description below for anyone interested. Based on the lyrics spit within Who's Your Rhyming Hero, we could easily mention the names of other rappers from this era over his. However, there are some sparks of genius with some witty lyrics on Those Were The Days as he reminisces on taking MCs to school as far back as junior high. The genius is slamming where he makes his first claims of lyrically chopping shit up and life of a drug dealer with a vivid storyline and as a precursor to Killer Hill's 10304 on his 1995 opus. To be his first album with essentially no features, it was a commendable 
incredible effort held back by less than stellar production and a lack of focus. But one thing a genius does is not make the same mistake twice. Number eight, Inspector Deck, Uncontrolled Substance. October 1999 saw releases from two Klansmen who had yet to drop their solo debut, and Rebel INS was the first on the scene with Uncontrolled Substance. Legend has it there was a version of this slated to go in 1995, but the album was destroyed due to the flood in the RZA's basement. With so much time passing since then and the dynamics between the crew ever changing, Deck only received a pair of tracks from him by the time this substance was finally ready for mass distribution. Both Movers and Shakers and Friction featuring MK are rather average and don't warrant a spot amongst top RZA productions. The first half of the album is pretty rough around the edges, only picking up steam once Longevity featuring You God comes on, making him one for two of his guest appearances here. Sadly, that's the extent of the Wu-Tang's family presence. However, it's apparent that Ghostface was in the shadows listening to his brother's work as he took Deck's self-produced beat from Elevation and used it just a few months later on his Supreme Clientele album for Stay True. He scores again on another self-created joint, Hyperdermics, while producer extraordinaire Pete Rock is responsible for the best one on the album, Trouble Man. It's got Easter eggs sprinkled throughout, including a nice interpolation of Sade's Paradise near the end. Had Pete, Bobby, and the Rebel handled the production side of things while incorporating more from the original nine crew members and dropped in 1995 as intended, this may have been a very different beast. Y'all haven't forgotten the microphone damage he did on Liquid Swords and Cuban Links now, have you? Be the inspector jack on the wall path. In its final form though, this uncontrolled substance won't be turning you into a Rebel INS fiend as the album title implicates. And now we want to take a moment to turn things over to you, the viewers who interact with all of our videos and help keep the lights on. What are your thoughts on Capadonna Spring 98 release The Pillage? And where would you have placed it among this list? It was the closest thing to an official Wu solo until the Iron Lung and Bobby came through in November of that year. And if you're really deep into the Wu, go ahead and mention your favorite affiliate albums as well. All right, fam, back to the list. Number seven, Takao 2000, Judgment Day. As far as the bean counters up and the Def Jam offices were concerned, Mess follow-up album was a success, mirroring the numbers that Takao did, right down to releasing almost exactly four years to the date of said project. But once you start to dig beneath the surface, so to speak, that's when you arrive to the swift realization that this sequel took a sharp left turn off course. The list of issues nearly matches the overinflated track listing, which is problem numero uno. 28 tracks which includes an intro, outro, and eight skits sprinkled throughout, clocking in at 73 minutes long. Another Achilles heel nipping at Judgment Day sees Beth and Man unsuccessfully trying to utilize street life in the way Raekwon did Ghostface on Cuban Links, featuring him on seven tracks, which to be frank is about seven tracks too many. And being this album officially marked the post-Wu-Tang Forever era, it signified highly diminished input from RZA on the boards and Mike sharing from the clan. Sweet Love featuring Street Life and Capadonna is forgettable, as is Lisa Left Eye Lopez wasted guest spot on the Cradle Rock. Janet Jackson was preoccupied working on what's it gonna be with Busta Rhymes at the time, only having a few seconds to leave a voice message wedged in between the two singles at the very end of the album. That's right, both the title track and the more recognizable breakups to make up featuring D'Angelo are right at the bottom of the track list. Why in the hell Def Jam let the album drop sequence this way is beyond any reasoning we could muster. At least there is some redemption to be had on Elements, Spazola, which includes Rebel, Chef, and Killer, 
and the excellent Big Dogs featuring Buddha brother Reggie Noble, serving as a preview to their far superior joint project, Blackout. There's just far too much filler on T2000 to make it a worthwhile playthrough. Number six, Jizza Genius Beneath the Surface. The first of what would turn out to be five official Wu-Tang releases in the 99 came from the Genius. Par for the course of Wu projects from this era, the family presence is incomparable to what came before, so you had to check your expectations at the intro. Hip Hop Fury is a posse cut ripe with Wu affiliates all over it instead of anyone we truly want to hear, whereas RZA produced 1112, a freestyle rip with no hook to make you remember the track, its name, or anything else about it really. The Jizza then let additional Wu affiliates fully infiltrate the lackluster feel like an enemy. His concept rhyme scheme about music publications of the time, publicity, is an interesting listen just to see how many of the names you can recognize though. Production takes the biggest hit on this collective with most of these tracks, while clear and polished, sounding rather generic and uninteresting. It's the Jizza's razor sharp lyricism that keeps beneath the surface from crumbling down upon its own weight. The title track, Amplified Sample, and Mike Trippin perfectly exemplify this, while String Play, featuring Method Man, and the radio-ready single Breaker Breaker both stand out with music that holds up the darts being tossed. There's no question if the Jizza can rhyme or not. Rather, can he find supporting tracks that can withstand his venomous strikes? Clearly, the quest for that balance proved futile here and unfortunately reigns true to this very day. Number five, Method Man to Cal. One year after the groundbreaking success of Into the Wu-Tang 36 Chambers, Meth was the leading man to come out the stable with his own project through his hand-picked label Def Jam. The beat for Raekwon's guillotine foreshadows not only the lead-in album title track, but also Meth vs. Chef, a lyrical sparring session between the Wu brothers. More on that guillotine joint later though. The entire feel of Takal is just what was expected. Murky, hardcore street level shit. The Iron Lung's vocals are especially rugged on Bring the Pain, PLO style, and the album version of All I Need, where he and Street Life handled hook duties. Eventually, Mary J was recruited for the Puff Daddy radio rendition, in addition to the RZA's razor sharp mix, which went on to nab a Grammy win for best rap performance by a duo or group. Both remixes and more were made officially available on the deluxe edition many years later. Sub Crazy and a remix of Method Man with all new lyrics also go hard. But there are some noticeable stumbles on this Baker's Dozen of tracks too. Stimulation, the I Will Survive inspired release Odell featuring Blue Raspberry and Mr. Sandman with the RZA and Inspector Deck don't match the overall aesthetic throughout and are quite unremarkable. The 1.6 million plus units sold and peak position atop the hip hop and R&B charts validate Takal as successful, but in the long run, it will be overshadowed by subsequent entries to the ever evolving Wu-Tang saga. Number four, Old Dirty Bastard, Return to the 36 Chambers, the dirty version. To quote the one and only Dr. Dre, you've never been on a ride, like this before. Man, is that an understatement right there. What Old Dirty Bastard lacks in lyrical prowess is made up for in spades with one-of-a-kind personality and a twisted sense of humor from the moment you enter Return to the 36 Chambers. Add in rock-solid backdrops by RZA and Old Dirty himself, plus daggers thrown in from select clan members, and you've got one of the most unconventional classics to ever come out of the Shaolin. The way the bass absolutely thumps behind snakes was the kind of shit that would shatter windows and knock down pictures off the wall, with one of the most decisive verses from the RZA up until that point. The same production values apply to the unhinged Protect Your Neck to the Zoo, which features that shorty shit stain guy amongst other Wu affiliates. Dirt McGirt flips the script on us all when he gives us the most sincere attempt at singing and other verbal madness on Drunk Game, which probably gave Biggie the internal green light to do the same on Player Hater two years later. Taking the concept of self-sampling to other heights, Brooklyn Zoo 2 samples numerous tracks within this very album versus a few seconds of one song in particular. The chef and meth hopped 
on the tail end of Rawhide, but Asan holds things down for self on bangers like The Stomp, Brooklyn Zoo, and Shimmy Shimmy Ya Baby Come On. Then he tells a tale that only makes sense in his own mind over a dope beat on Harlem World. This project certainly isn't for everyone, and there's gonna be more than a few what the hell is this type moments. But for those who can dig it, there's plenty to enjoy in the dirty version of these chambers. A 25th anniversary edition of the album is available now, complete with instrumentals to all the original tracks amongst a ton of extras. And since we're speaking on Old Dirty Bastard, we just had to share one of our all-time favorite Wu-Tang memories that have always stuck with us. Kanye West was not the first person to rush the Grammy stage and speak their own truth when they got that James Brown feeling in them to turn loose. The late Russell Jones had just spent a lot of cheddar on a fancy suit in anticipation of getting on stage to accept an award at the annual 98 edition of the program. But instead of addressing the loss while Puff Daddy was on stage accepting the Best Rap Album Award, out of nowhere he walks up as Sean Colvin was preparing to accept her Song of the Year trophy to leave us with the priceless one-liner, Wu-Tang is for the children. While Wu-Tang being suitable for any children under 12 is quite a stretch of his imagination, we know there's plenty of other memorable Wu moments that probably come to mind for you. Go ahead and let your fingers do the talking about them in the comments below. Number three, Ghostface Killer, Iron Man featuring Raekwon and Cappadonna. Things were relatively quiet in 1996 as far as the Wu was concerned. They did service some movie soundtracks, namely Wu Wear, The Garment Renaissance for High School High, Motherless Child for Sunset Park, and Winter Wars for Don't Be a Menace to South Central. The latter two joints are also included on Iron Man, which was tasked with holding down the rest of the year upon its late October arrival and did so quite effortlessly. To the tune of a million plus sold, debuting at its highest position of number two on the Billboard 200 and clinching the top spot of the hip hop and R&B charts. No major surprise considering the hot streak of the crew at the time. Ray would return Ghost's favor from last year by featuring on 90% of the album and its cover while adding Cappadonna to the front cover and five tracks to boot. Fortunately, with RZA still manning the boards, the formula continued to resonate with listeners everywhere. The trio's chemistry explodes across Fish and Daytona 500, while Mary J returns to Strong Island to assist Pretty Tony with his emotional childhood recollections on All That I Got Is You. One of the other few solo sets here, Wildflower, finds Starks in a fit of rage over a pro, <laughs> who's not loyal, absolutely trashing her verbally while spilling details of their raunchy episodes. It's these unadulterated ranges of emotion that leave a lasting impact, not to mention the lyrically complex rhyme schemes and storylines throughout. Iron Man planted the seeds of a storied solo career for the man born Dennis Coles. Number two, Jizz of the Genius, Liquid Swords. Gone were the dreadlocks, PSA rallies, and songs about girls. Enter the lyrical swordsman Maximilian, AKA the Jizza slash genius. Now coming through with the woo, dropping math and freestyle bombs worldwide. Following the bone chilling intro, Jizza wastes no time as this stellar album title track fades in to start flowing like blood on a murder scene. Gary Grice is a grand master of painting vivid imagery through stacked rhyme bars witnessed on joints like Fourth Chamber featuring Bobby, Tony, and Killer Priest, Duel of the Iron Mike with Rebel INS and Dirt McGirt, and while we'd certainly like to play another set from Living in the World today, we're gonna let gold shine for a hot second instead. He's gun sick, his block plates like high heel shoes on parquet floors, mad sick, stand on hills and invade wars. Killer Hills 10304 picks up where life of a drug dealer left off from his debut album with investigative reports featuring Chef, Starks, and Golden Arms wrapping up the narrative. The initial entry of his conceptual stories about any given subject can be found on labels as he incorporates as many of the record labels 
cables of the day into a three minute solo chamber. And the only high praise you'll hear us give any Wu affiliate is how Killer Priest held down basic instructions before leaving Earth all on his own quite well, kicking some very thoughtful lines. Like the album we're gonna discuss next, the influence and classic status of Liquid Swords is undeniable. And like most first wave Wu-Tang solos, there's now an expanded edition that includes all of the instrumentals for your listening pleasure. A nod to the razor sharp production, no doubt. And how influential is Jizza the man himself? Or Rizza for that matter? Well, what do you think this pretty young lady got her name from? Number one, Raekwon, only built for Cuban links, featuring Ghostface Killer. Even though the purple tape went gold a swift two months after its August 95 release, it would take 25 years for it to finally be certified platinum. But the impact on hip hop lovers and the culture itself was nearly as instant as a deadly venom snake bite. From Bahamadia in 96 on Three to Hallway, Yes, I got her name right this time. And Philly's own anti-gangster bitch, Bahamida. Hope I didn't mess that up. My C's put you at ease like methamphetamines. So like Tony Stark's fantasies about his wallabies. To Quavo and Take Off on Tony Stark's from their joint album only built for Infinity Links in 2022, you'd have to have been exiled to a cave on a deserted island to be unaware of this masterpiece. Never before have we gotten an entire album that felt like a cinematic experience on wax, complete with movie clips perfectly intertwined to the context of the music. Ray is the main character, Ghost is the co-star, heard over the course of a dozen tracks with the rest of the clan minus Old Dirty as the supporting cast. But make no mistake, this is the album where Ray and Ghost flourish as a tag team as they shine like emerald cut diamonds over the Can It Be All So Simple remix, Criminology, and Heaven and Hell. Even if the slang heavy, drug related flows go over your head at times, like Lou Diamond said, the Rizzo pours more beats than Chris Styles fine wine, all over these links to keep your head nodding and speakers blasting too much to Air. Wu Gambinos, Incarcerated Scarfaces, and Trump Rattling Freestyle Fest Guillotine are just a few to scratch the surface. The preceding skit to the banger Glaciers of Ice is where Starks put the world up on game when it come to decking out a pair of Clark Wallaby shoes. Queensbridge meets Staten Island on the collaboration Verbal Intercourse featuring Nas, and we get the first taste of the Diamonds, Starks, and Cappadonna Trio on Ice Water, and the summertime staple Ice Cream with Johnny Blaze on the hook. Freaks be moving and fly snakes, two finger Speaking of ice, do any of you out there think it was a coincidence that that term soon became the way to describe shiny jewelry? We think not. And while it would be nearly 15 years before the duo would reconnect for a proper sequel, the strength of the original Cuban links has yet to be broken. Man oh man, that was an interesting one. We already know y'all are gonna have a lot to say about this, so you know what to do next. Once again, it's your man CJ representing from the Culturalist Theory Chambers. Hit those like, subscribe, and share buttons, and check out these videos right here until we meet again next week.